Welcome to Agribusiness Conversations. This is your host, Amber Morin. Today's podcast is brought to you by Western Ag Life Media and Magazine, where they publicize and promote agriculture in the Southwest. Check them out on Instagram, Facebook, or at their website, westernaglife.com. Today's episode is something fun, lighthearted, but also really meaningful. I hope you enjoy. My guests on the show today are the creators behind Ranch Raised Kids, Seth Joel and Charlie Holland. I first met Seth and Charlie in Arizona at the American Farm Bureau Convention, and then later ran into them at a local ranch rodeo, which really cemented our friendship. They have been out to my family's ranch and ranches across Arizona and now California. As professional photographers, they are traveling together and capturing moments of ranch-raised kids in their own environment and doing the same work that adults do. The images captured by Seth show the reality, not the myth, of contemporary ranching. Seth and Charlie, thanks for being on the show. Let's go back to the beginning. How was this project started and what was the inspiration for Ranch Raised Kids? Well, Amber, it's great to be here and great to be with your audience. Ranch Raised Kids began about five years ago, and I call it Prescott Luck because we started self-producing senior lifestyle photo shoots for our stock photo library in Prescott, Arizona. And um, Charlie was a master at street casting and production. And during that period of time we were working there, we were lucky enough to photograph a family called Casey Loper and his kids at the Skull Valley Cafe. And they suggested we go to the Cow Puncher's Ranch Hand Rodeo in Williams, Arizona. And just go and have a great time. And that was in June of 2015. So at the time, I reached out to Carrie Gross, who manages the Ranch Hand Rodeos, and asked her for a press pass. And she just responded to me on the telephone with a great big laugh and saying, you don't need a press pass here. Just arrive and say hello and start photographing because you're welcome. So it was that summer in June of 2015, we went to, to the uh, Ranch Hand Rodeo and I spent the entire weekend photographing and Charlie spent the entire weekend meeting families and then she'll explain how it went from there. We got back in the car after the Cowpunchers reunion rodeo and we talked nonstop for eight hours. And we just had been amazed at how skillful these kids were and how good they were with livestock, how incredibly polite they were, how amazing they were at roping. And we had talked to enough mothers to realize that these kids were being brought up on ranches that were 300 square miles. And we were fascinated by that idea of uh, being brought up on a ranch that big, 
and still having an Instagram account. We thought that was a wonderful dichotomy and we wanted to know more about them. So we started to think about it and research it. And I realized that if we were to do this, there was an element of service to it. We had to be of service to someone in order for people to let us in their homes. And it was the Arizona Cattle Growers Organization, the ACGA, that we thought we should approach. And then Mike Lutch, a a rancher in Wickenburg, who we knew through another project we were doing, uh, suggested that we contact Anna Aha. And we told her that we were going to the Cattlemen's Weekend in March of 2016. And could we meet her? And she was not going to be there. She's very excited by the project. And she said she'd put us on the cover of Catalog. And she timed that for June 2016, when we knew we would be back at the Cowpunchers Reunion Rodeo. And that was a huge, huge favor to us because that meant that we could show people the cover of the catalog and it was sort of our uh, our bona fides, you know. So when we went back to the rodeo, we could start seriously talking to people about whether or not we could photograph their kids. And we thank Anna Aha for that. Absolutely. That six-month period, was really our discovery phase. That was boots on the ground, no photography, just talking to people about our project and trying to make some inroads because we didn't know anybody. We were from Los Angeles. We spent so much time just at cattle auctions and horse. We went to the Babbitt Ranch and attended the big horse sale there and just started sharing and getting to know people. A very um, instrumental person was Wendy Kimball, the wife of Bino Kimball. And after we had met her at an auction, she rang us about four days later and she said to us, are you interested in rodeo kids or ranch kids? So I I rather tentatively said, ranch kids. And she said, if you're serious, I can help you. And she was the first person that had actually reached back to us. And she put us in touch with the first family we photographed, which was the family of Jake and Amber Rogers. And one family led to the next, to the next. And we photographed all that first summer. We photographed 18 children in 2016. Now, Seth and Charlie, you mentioned Jake and Amber's names and their kids. That's probably where the first photo shoot was, I'm guessing. But what are some of your favorite memories and experiences that, you know, shooting these first 18 kids out here in Arizona really presented you with? Well, the first one being the Rogers, as you said, we were set for a rendezvous at 6 a.m. at the Valet Hotel. And Amber was going to pull up and we were going to follow her to their branding, which was on the south rim of the Grand Canyon. So 6 a.m., Charlie and I are waiting on the park bench for her to pull up. And we're waiting and we're waiting and the phone's not ringing. And in fact, we have no cell single. And Charlie's convinced that this is just never going to happen. 
And, and I'm telling her, let's just be patient. Amber's going to show. We know it. And about 20 after 6, this big pickup truck pulling up, a cattle carrier comes rumbling up, and she comes to a screeching halt. And it's Amber who leans out of her window and says, oh, sorry, I'm late. We didn't have any mobile cell signals, so I wasn't able to call you. Jump in your car and follow me, and we'll go to the Brandy. And that day was probably the single most exciting day of my life. We um, spent the entire day with the family, photographing the branding, photographing the kids, talking about their dreams and aspirations, and just having an amazing, amazing experience. And that's where this all started. And then Amber, recommended we visit with another family. And that family was the one on the Babbitt Ranches, Charlie? No, the Westlakes. The Westlakes, yes. It was the Westlake family. And that was another incredible experience. And from then, Charlie, what would be another memorable experience on the ranch? I think I had read as much as I possibly could in the year before we started shooting. And it was an extraordinary thrill to me driving out to see the West Lakes, actually. First of all, driving through the Babbitts to have that privilege, to be invited, and to go to a place I'd only seen on a map. I'd seen the Redlands camp on a map of the Babbitt ranches, and then I was there. It was sort of visiting history, and made also fantastic by... Scott and Victoria Westlake with their four fantastic children. So it's been memorable. Yes. I love that. And I love that you were recommended by one family and then another and then another. And I'm curious, is that how it's worked out since then? It worked out that way in 2016 and then in 2017. After that... We knew we had a partner in Suzanne Menges and the, the Cattle Growers Education Research and Education Foundation. And together we put together the, the last 18 kids in order to make sure that we represented Arizona well. But at first, yes, it was very much like that for two years. But I think it was important. We became very humble in that first year. And we learned a lot about the culture and the values of the culture, which are just fundamental, civilized values. And at the end of that year, we put together what we called a lookbook. It was a 40-page book that we published, had printed ourselves. We sent it as a thank you to every family. And when we went back the following year, 2017, that was something that we could show people now. And I think it made a huge difference because what we were saying and what they knew we were saying was we are doing a book. We're as good as our word. Here is what the book's going to look like. And I think that really raised the trust level. I think this Communities had a lot of people run in and take pictures and disappear again. And that really helped build a lot of mutual trust. Absolutely. And I know I've told you both this before, but I think one of the things that really struck me as your staying power is that you just kept showing up. Everywhere I turned, 
you and Seth were there. And so I was always really grateful for that. And I had the exact same thoughts running through my mind as you guys are people of your word. And that really does matter a lot in, I would say, the agriculture industry across the board. So with that being said, what is the thing that surprised you guys the most about ranching overall and specifically ranching in Arizona? I'll start this one. I think the thing that really surprised me, and I might sound very naive, was that it's 24-7, but it's actually more than 24-7. It's every single family member putting in 24-7. And that, I don't know why I thought cowboys just sort of sashayed through fields of long grass. I mean, I, I had no conception of the amount of work that it wasn't. And I know that sounds silly, but I also didn't realize how dangerous the work was. That surprised me. And that, of course, explains the skill that I could see in children as young as six and certainly by 10 and 12, they were acting like they could work alongside the men. And that was really impressive to me. It was also the way that people love what they were doing. No one was discontented with their job. They loved what they were doing and they loved the life they were living and they could verbalize that. And that was really impressive to me. I thought that was really moving. And the other thing I really learned specific to Arizona was that land that I thought was empty was actually sustaining huge herds of cattle and feeding the rest of us. It was producing beef. I had driven through to the Grand Canyon before and just thought it was empty land. And of course, once I get on the Babbitt, I realize there's thousands and thousands of cows being raised there. And the other thing I would say, and then I'll finish, was that I never realized that, in fact, ranching in Arizona was ruled by the water. I have huge respect for that and the extraordinary things that people were doing and the extraordinary care they were taking and how they were using every drop to its best benefit. So, Well, Charlie, you said that so beautifully. I don't think I could add anything more to that. Well, thank you, guys. I'm curious, how many ranches did you guys visit? And how long did it take you to feel like you had enough photos to really complete the Arizona Ranch Raised Kids Project? In Arizona, the first year we photographed 18 kids, and the second year we photographed another 30. And at that point, we didn't think we had enough, but we teamed up with Suzanne Mangus, and the last 23 kids were done with some introductions from her and us completing the list we already had. So that was, in fact, about 70 kids on 30 ranches in 11 different counties in Arizona. So I would say it was about somewhere around the 60 mark we knew we had a book. Now, this will be kind of a fun question is, what was the kids' reaction when they knew that you were coming on the ranch? Was there sort of buzz around the ranch when they knew you guys were coming? When we'd arrive, the kids all knew we had come from a long distance and that we wanted to hear their story and we wanted to take their pictures. So they were like really eager to give us as much time as we wanted. And the kids would just take me, I'd say to them, well, show me the barns. And we'd go to the barns. Well, show me your horses. And we'd start looking at the horses. 
what do you like to do best on the ranch? And we'd start doing those projects with them. Can you show me where one of the wells are or dirt tanks? And we'd go out to those. And we'd just go from one project to the next and we'd spend an entire day photographing with them. And I'd say another memorable ranch was the La Cienica Ranch just outside of Kingman, where the Johnston family were managing the herd up there. And that was the most incredible physical ranch I had ever personally seen, because it was a mixture between the mountain and the desert meeting somewhere in the middle. So it had everything. It was really incredible. And the kids... They showed me what cowboying was all about. They were insightful, I must say. They were really amazing. I can remember arriving in the ranch, the Flying UW down in the south, the Myers Ranch, and two things happened. We got out the car and brother, the little six-year-old, nearly knocked me over by throwing his arms around my knees to welcome me. He hugged my legs and immediately walked the patriarch of the family stepped forward and said, you've got a flat tire (laughs) because he could hear the hissing because hissing tires are something that plays a ranch like that. And he took off our wheel and took the tire off to his workshop to be mended while we carried on following the kids around. That was a fun welcome. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Now, I'm sure that they love looking at all their photos and being a part of the project as well. So when you're selecting photos, what are you looking for in a photo that really says, you know, this is the one picture that we took of this ranch or these kids that needs to be published? When I'm taking pictures, Amber, I try and tell a story. So I'm looking for great environment to really set the stage, to make the picture sing. I'm looking for natural expression. And during those like great moments that you just have to observe, I strive to keep it honest. And, you know, when I'm shooting, timing is everything. And, you know, you're working with kids that are moving quickly and you're trying to make the lighting match up so it's a really, really powerful image. So I shoot a lot. And that's why I spend so much time with the kids. And it's a really special experience for all of us because we all kind of bond and they forget about me and they just go about their work and they just allow me inside their world so I can observe. And during the book edit, the pictures kind of jump right out at you when you're looking through a thousand images the good ones kind of just jump out at you because you can remember i never forget a picture so i'm kind of looking for things when i'm looking through all those thousands of pictures so they are pretty obvious the real challenge is creating the right mix for the book and that's where charlie's skills really, really come in. I just hope that each kid is true to themselves and tells their story in their picture and that they also 
tell a little bit of the story of all ranches and all kids so that if you just flip through the picture, you'd get, uh, you as a viewer, would get an idea of their collective horsemanship, their ability at cattle work, the livestock they love, the landscape and their lifestyle. So it's just balancing the pictures out so that there is a sort of a wide view of all aspects of the life on a ranch. Absolutely. And this might be a little bit of an unfair question to both of you, but is there one or two photographs that stand out as really being catalysts to tell that story? There's one picture of a girl steer riding, sitting on a steer that's just been branded on the Lazy Bee. And it speaks to a number of things. First of all, her father is on horseback watching, but surrounding her, they are three of the cowboys. And it says a great deal about putting a kid in what an urban family might think is a, a dangerous position, but actually challenging a kid to do something, but monitoring their every move. Mm-hmm. Um, really carefully. Someone's hanging on to the tail of that little steer steer to make sure it can't run away too fast while Emma stays astride it for all of two seconds. But it's an amazing thing about letting people try but making sure they're safe while they're doing it. And I think that's something that every ranch kid learns and that every parent is challenged by every single day how far to let someone go, when to pull them back, and when to keep them safe. Yes. Well, I'm glad that you had a photo in mind. Like I said, I didn't want it to be an unfair question to you, really, to make you think about all of the photos that you've taken. But I do remember that image, and I think it's quite powerful. Seth, did you have one in mind? I didn't want to cut you off. Well, no, that picture also... Uh, Charlie is a master of reading pictures, uh, by the way, so she described that beautifully. I would like to say that there was a moment when Emma got off the steer that she was about 10 feet tall. And that's a picture I didn't capture, but I have a mental picture of it. And it was just as thrilling as the picture taking itself. And sometimes Seth can't catch those pictures because he's running backwards trying to get out of the way of a steer. (laughs) So I think that's what happened in that case. Very true. I tend to get him pretty close. And I've learned my way around cattle and cowboys and horses. But like everybody else, you can never be too careful. I completely agree with you, Seth. So, you know, while Ranch Raised Kids really is a photographic journey as you're looking at these books, they also capture the words verbatim of Ranch Raised Kids. Now, I know this is really important to both of you to do this. Can you explain to the audience why it is important to you? We decided from the get-go that this had to be their story. So this had to be the story of the Ranch Raised Kids and their lives through the words of the Ranch Raised Kids. And in that way, it would appeal to a really big audience. I felt that my only role was to recount their words and then to, because I couldn't say what they thought any better than they could. I mean, than they did, I'm sorry. I didn't want to describe how they felt. I wanted them to say how they felt. 
I had to then just put their words into context and to constantly remind myself of what I didn't know when I started this, because what I didn't know is the same as what everybody, no one, you know, people who live in Los Angeles, what they don't know as well. And to try and write around the kids' words as simply as possible. And I felt then the book would be comprehensible to people who knew nothing about ranching and of interest to other kids. Kids learn from other kids. So having a kid read another kid's words is much more powerful, I think, than having them read my words. That's one of my favorite things about the book is to get to see and read what these kids have to say about their lifestyle. Um, Seth, did you have anything to say about that? Well, we always try and keep it authentic and not stylized in the least. And by having the kids share their stories, it keeps it real. It keeps it honest. And it's really important to us. We both had experience in magazines and we designed it so that if you just looked at the pictures and read the kids' quotes, you would come away with an understanding or a, more of an understanding of the ranching lifestyle and the work involved and the values. So it seemed to be a, a way of communicating directly. Now, since publishing Arizona Ranchers Kids, you guys have now moved on to California. What have been some of the biggest surprises or adventures that you guys have experienced having jumped into that journey? California has been incredible so far. We've done 31 ranches in 21 counties, about 80 kids now, and traveled about 25,000 miles. I would say my most exciting adventure was uh, photographing the five Gady kids, ages seven to 18. And they're from Fresno County. And they did a cattle drive about eight to 10 miles through the tall sequoia trees in Kings Canyon National Park. And it was just breathtaking. Watching these kids' skill set was incredible. Cowboying at its best. And they managed everything. And it truly was inspirational to me. And I walked drag about 90% of that. I was whipped <laughs> by the time we finished that shoot. And it started at four in the morning and we wrapped up by noontime. So it was really remarkable experience. I would say that what really surprised me about California was how big it is and how much ranching there is in California. Simple things like what pasture looks like after Arizona. I somehow, I hadn't seen cattle very often on irrigated pasture or on even dry land pasture. And try and wrap my mind around this concept that with many ranches, the land is not contiguous. So they might have six parcels and there's a lot of hauling uh, that goes on or six ranches that stretch from Southern Oregon down to the Central Valley, you know, three, 400 miles apart. And that really amazed me. The other thing is I've just seen a lot more cattle 
I guess the expression cattle are an evasive species meant that in Arizona, you don't see much from the road when the cattle are, you know, 10 miles down a dirt road. They're spread out in huge, huge pastures. Here I've seen a lot more cattle, just from the road even. And that's been very interesting for me. I actually got very excited the other day when I saw two Charlet bulls. I had never seen a Charlet bull before. (laughs) Just simple things like that, I hate to tell you. One of the most amazing shoots that we've had so far was in a place called Long Valley, just south of Mammoth. And there is runoff through the valley of the thermal springs. And that means that if you go at a certain time of year, the runoff of the thermal springs, the water is warmer than the air. So we went in in October and went to the ranch before dawn when it was 17 degrees. And as the sun comes up, you can see the mist from the warm water rising throughout the valley as if it's almost on fire. I guess it was a geothermal (laughs) phenomenon that was a very rare experience to be way out there in Long Valley in this area. And that was very interesting because the cold was a hardship that the kids had learned to put up with when they were working, but when they were standing still posing for pictures, <laughs> that was a real ask from them. And they did really beautifully for Seth that day. It was very challenging for them. It was. Uh, it was about 5.30 in the morning and we knocked on their trailer, smelled bacon cooking inside. <laughs> and all we wanted to do was go in and eat, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the kids came out and they were bundled up with wild rags and layers, and we brought them up to the hillside above these thermals with the corrals in the background, and the sun is just beginning to creep up behind the hills to the east, and it was just breathtaking. The thermals are all steamed up, and my hands are freezing. I'm afraid the camera is gonna jam. And we, uh, we got the picture. It was fantastic. Oh, that's so exciting. And one of the things that I'm a little bit jealous of you guys about is just the diversity in the landscape that you guys have been able to experience in all of your travels. I'm a little bit envious, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Amber. Yes, it's been a real surprise. And being invited in is such a privilege. Yes. Yes, we do feel blessed. Absolutely. And, you know, you guys are in the production of Ranch Race Kids, and I am very curious where you're at in that process and what the projected publishing date is. Well, we have about nine more families to shoot, but what we're doing now is we're writing the book now and we're starting layout very shortly. We hopefully will finish the families by June And it goes to the printer sometime in July, August. It will be available at the California Cattle Women's Convention, which is early December in Reno, Nevada. And we haven't mentioned that the California Cattle Women are our partners. Uh, Suzanne Menges actually took us to their convention a year and a half ago, and they allowed us to make a presentation to show the Arizona book. And they decided that they wanted to do it in California. So they have been really extraordinary, that executive committee of the Cattle Women. They've made very 
good partners. So Julie Barnett in particular has been extraordinary. And I'm sure that they did what we all do when you first see Arizona Ranch raise kids and you sort of take a deep breath and there's a level of appreciation for what you guys are doing and really the kids that are involved. Now, that brings me to my next question, which is, what do you hope readers and viewers take away from Arizona Ranch Raise Kids and future Ranch Raise Kids projects? I think the main thing I'd want people to take away is that just because men and women, you know, dress in a style that originated in the 19th century, it doesn't mean that there's anything old-fashioned about the way they do business and that they're raising kids who are well-educated, well brought up, have a wide range of skills, and they're raising them to be ranchers, to be ranchers if they choose to be ranchers. And I just think that it's extraordinary that people are still willing to live a life that's so bound by unpredictables. They have no control over the weather. They have no control over the market. And some would say they have very little control over the livestock. But I've so I think that's what I hope people appreciate. Seth? I think I want people to appreciate that there's a family face on the ranching business and that these kids are all mentored by their fathers and grandfathers, uncles, mothers, aunts. But even the community pitches in Mm. on mentoring the kids. And they have an extraordinary opportunity in the 21st century to take ranching to new heights with technology. The lifestyle is still thriving. I love that. And what has been the biggest takeaway that you guys have received since starting the project? I would say that if someone says to be at a certain place at 3.30 a.m., they actually mean that you should be there at 3.29 (laughs) a.m. Minute count when it's 105 degrees during the day. I think that's fair, Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. And, you know, my biggest takeaway was the trust, the trust value that families would put on us to spend the day with their kids. I think it's fantastic that the community is so close and that the families are so committed. Seth, I really want to know, as you're out there with these kids and you're doing things, how do you keep yourself and your equipment protected? Oh, that's a good question. I uh, travel with a can of dust-off, and that's like my biggest high-tech item I have in my camera bag because my lenses get covered with dust. Everything needs to be blown off by this compressed air and usually a bottle of water too because nobody seems to drink on these roundups and if I keep hydrated I can go all day long. Outside of that it's a pocket full of new batteries, fresh batteries for my camera and an extra flash card or two, and a few lenses to get different angles and perspectives, and uh, two cameras. I've got one around my neck and one strapped over my shoulder, and I just launch. I just run loose. I'm like one of the kids. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feral. (laughs) I love it. And it's wonderful because you guys 
get to shoot this project and really get to give back to the community. And I know that was a huge value to you as you started in and really created this. So what's the vision for Ranch Raised Kids? Well, we'd like to continue to do books in other states. We're very interested in New Mexico and Montana and Oregon, but we will go where someone wants us to go. Uh, We'll carry on shooting this, but I think the books have a value, like Seth said, of putting a face on the ranching community and on the people that produce food for us. But I think they do it in a very easy way. And I think the main thing that people appreciate about the books is that they're very optimistic. We're very optimistic. And I think they present a very non-political, non-commercial non-commercial view of the, the ranching community. And it must be a realistic view. You know, everybody loves a cowboy, but the whole point is here is not the look of the cowboy, but it's what they're doing and what these kids are doing. Yes, and I think there's so much appreciation that goes into the creation of the book and it really comes through. So is there anything that we have missed that you guys would like the audience to know? I would say one of my visions of Rattray's kids is to create a photo exhibition. The families from around all the states that we cover and have that exhibition travel to university galleries and museums and hopefully on more of a worldwide basis. This can get viewed by others than just the ranching community. And on an educational note, I'd like to create some kind of online platform to do workshops for 4-H kids around the ranching community because I've gotten a lot of, a lot of kids have come up to me and asked me about teaching photography. There's a lot of interest in photography and I'd like to make that happen. I can see a lot of kids being interested in something like that. So with that being said, what's the best way for people to reach you and how can they get a copy of Ranch Raised Kids? Arizona Ranch Race Kids is available through the Arizona Cattle Growers website. There is a link there to Suzanne Mengus, I believe, who is selling the book on the behalf of the Research and Education Foundation. The California book will be available through the California Cattle Women. Again, we're not selling the book. The California Cattle Women are taking the entire print run, and we'll be able to post about that. Our website is ranchraisekids.com, all one word, and our Facebook page is Ranch Raise Kids, and we would love people to join that community. Yes, we've got a big community of close to 3,000 ranchers and their kids who are active on it. So we'd love to have you on board. Oh, I think lots of people are gonna join after hearing this conversation. I'm excited for that. So with that, Seth and Charlie, this has been such an enjoyable conversation. And I just wanna again, thank you both for one, what you're doing and for joining me today, which really means a lot. And I think I can speak on behalf of 
at least a few ranchers, maybe not all of them, but I think there's so much appreciation. And so on behalf of everyone, thank you guys. Well, thank you, Amber. You've been a relentless supporter and you've introduced us to some wonderful families, including the Clumps, who are an extraordinary family that we've had a great deal of fun with. So thank you very much for all that you've done for us. Thank you, Amber. That's a wrap, folks. I hope you enjoyed this conversation today. Again, you can find Agribusiness Conversations on Apple iTunes or Podbean.com. Take care, friends. Thank you.